0: This is by definition discombobulating because Dan Schaefer's here on a day that he's not supposed to be here. So that, that fits that active definition of, of the recombobulation area. Dan Schaefer, a great local writer and somebody who uh, understands politics from a left-leaning perspective. I think
1: that's a safe way to say that. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Or do you just say fair-minded? I, I, I don't mind saying I lean a little bit to the left. Yeah, you you I, don't I, say I like fair that. and balanced, though, I bet. <laughs> I do not. That, that one's taken.
0: <laughs> All right, so not that I want to spend a lot of time on the Packers, but I know you're a big sports fan. What would you That's think? That's right. What would
1: you think? You know, I think it had some encouraging moments. Yeah. Uh, but I think this whole season is about growth and development and not necessarily about the results at the end of the game, right? I mean, this is the, the youngest roster in the NFL. Uh, they're going to take their lumps a little bit. This was a winnable game. Uh, and, you know, I, the, the the officiating call on the oh, the backwards pass I don't get definitely what, seemed like...
0: I don't get what they're doing.
1: I, I feel like they got away with one there. There was the play on the, the extra... I don't know if it was the extra point or a field goal. There, the uh, tight end blocking just didn't get out of his stance ever. He decided and to they take the blocked. play off. Yeah. yeah. They, hey, so,
0: let that guy run by me and block that kick. Which so but, kind of mattered in the score.
1: Cause at exactly, the end They, they, they could have kicked that field goal oh, instead of... yeah.
0: All right, so we could we could spend another half hour, but I don't want to. All right, so let's start with the stadium deal, because that's yeah. there's going to be a vote this week in the state senate.
1: Tomorrow, yeah. Uh,
0: all right, so from from the left and right, from Republicans and liberals, uh, Democrats, they're saying the votes aren't there. So how do we get to
1: there, enough votes? It does, they're saying the votes aren't there, but it does seem pretty close, right? Yeah. It, it seems like... You know, I saw a number of uh, WisPolitics has been doing some really good reporting on this. They have they have like kind of a whip count going. You know, based on how some votes have been going in committee, it seems like there are more votes in favor of this deal than opposed to it. Um, You know, I I saw there was some opposition from Republicans, including State Senator Julian Bradley, uh, who represents part of Milwaukee County. I thought that was an interesting uh, statement that he put out. You know, there's some opposition from from those on the left as well. It's an interesting topic because it doesn't cut along. Yeah, which is one of the reasons I love lines. talking about. It. Yeah,
0: it's one of those rare ones where it crosses lines.
1: Yeah, so I think you know, I think uh, it might be a tough sell for some of the state senators in you know the north and west uh, part of the state that are a little bit further from uh, Milwaukee. So we'll see where some of those those votes land. But you know, you've got Tony Evers encouraging senators to vote for this. You've got Uh, local support from Mayor Cavalier Johnson and County Executive David Crowley, Uh, I think that will move a couple Democratic votes, I would expect. Uh, And I also think, you know, it's smart of a lot of these state senators to play this close to the vest. They don't want to be in the position where they are the swing vote, you know, and would be – blamed either way regardless of how this vote well, falls also
0: in in the interest of getting something in return for your vote not this not not pay for play but in to get a better deal right. it's it's probably a smart play for you to say i'm not sure where i'm at yet so we can get more brewers money into this thing we can get a tax on on some of the tickets or other you know maybe a stadium development in that area uh, especially in those parking lots, which are expansive and are often sit vacant for many months of the year. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the play here. Just waiting to see what we can get out of the Brewers. You think the Brewers are playing ball here?
1: I mean, it remains to be seen. I think they have their position. They stated it in these committee hearings as well., uh, you know, so it's interesting to see. I think you know, the amendments that came out uh, that included the ticket tax, but for only non-brewers events. That seems to be a point that was the the Brewers were really dug in on that they didn't want the ticket tax for Brewers events like sure. it is for, I get, I get for it. the Pfizer form while, I get while, it.
0: You're, while rile your base up
1: yeah and you know I, but I do think I think the deal is close and I think you know I was, I was looking at the uh, joint finance vote from last week uh, Democratic State Senator Kelda Royce, she said I'm a no now but I want to get to yes right. I want so I think one of the some of the things that she was pointing out. You know, in some questioning, and she was in the committee that approved, or that this uh, this went through, was talking about the commitment to development uh, around the stadium, and I think also the representation on the board, because right now they're asking for local dollars from the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County, and they're not giving. Either of those entities, a board seat. And that the seems stadium like an district. easy one, though. It seems like a really easy one. Yeah, if they, that seems like the type of thing they could introduce as an amendment. It's not going to make the brewers mad. They don't care who their landlord is necessarily. Right. Uh, as far as the board makeup, they didn't, you know, didn't have strong opinions on that one. Rick Schlesinger was talking in, in committee hearing, the public hearing there as well. That seems like one that maybe that's the final hurdle to get to get. Some representation for the locals on the stadium district board.
0: Bottom line, you think it passes this week with enough votes, and I think the governor will sign it.
1: Yeah, the governor has signaled that he's signed; he'll sign pretty much anything at uh, unless they make you know drastic changes to the deal, which I don't expect. I think this will pass. I think it'll be a much closer vote in the state senate than it was in this, the assembly, though. That's yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, um, and for the second time, I believe the Brewers have acquired property in and around American Family Field it's an interesting strategy they don't talk about
1: it is it is interesting uh you know they have they it's the 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 piece of land that they purchased last week would be absolutely crucial to a potential you know quote-unquote beer district type of development as far as the location goes Something to watch, if nothing else.
0: Yeah, well, and again, if you're a Brewers uh, organization, I think that's a smart play to understand what's happening in and around your property, especially when a state says to you, "We want to enhance this area as part of a deal." Makes perfect sense. Dan Schaefer, uh, you're going to stick around for a little bit. We got lots of other stories to cover. Recombobulation area is his work.
1: How did people find it? You can find it at the Recombobulation Area dot News, the Recombobulation Area on Substack, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Dan R. Schaefer.
0: More with Dan after this on WTMJ Now. Joined in studio by Dan Schaefer from the recombobulation area talking politics. Now, every time the Marquette University Law School poll comes out, you do like an analysis of the numbers, so... What was your takeaway? Then I'll disagree with you after that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, I do an in-depth breakdown. I dig into the cross-tabs. I look at these, you know, under-the-radar numbers as well. I uh, had a number of takeaways from this one, and I think you know everybody uh, saw the headline uh, number jump out when you saw the head-to-head polls between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. and Nikki Haley doing far better than than the other two yeah. uh, in that. Did that surprise you? Polling. It, it didn't surprise me that she was would pull better in a head to head against biden it surprised me how much better she was doing than the other candidates
0: okay so let me ask you a general question why why would that surprise you she's a woman candidate uh she's she had a very refreshing from a, con- a conservative republican perspective uh conversation about abortion uh some I've had many of them on, on this on the text line or on the show say Democratic leaning voters who said I could actually vote for Nikki Haley. So why would that surprise you?
1: I think it's just surprising because Wisconsin is so polarized and you typically see these kind of 50 50 results in those head to head matchups. And, you know, Biden's poll numbers are are not great right now, but they're better than Trump's. And they're right in line basically with DeSantis as far as. Uh, favorability and approval ratings go. Uh, Haley's a little bit better, but she's also much more unknown than a lot of the other presidential candidates that you're seeing. Obviously, Trump and Biden, more or less incumbents or <laughs> incumbent ish yes. uh, in a way. So they're going to have a little bit more name recognition. Obviously, there's about a third of voters that still don't know Nikki Haley at all. And this- I think that's really interesting. And I think if, when I dug into the crosstabs to kind of see where her part, which part of the state support was coming from it was coming more from the walkie area suburbs the madison area suburbs she's really unknown in the green bay media market and in northern western wisconsin and those are the parts of the state that have been powering victories for the republican party in the last few election cycles this is
0: where the reality of of the world we live in, when it comes to politics hit me hits me square in the face we assume Because we talk about it here that everybody in the state knows who Nikki Haley is. Everybody knows that I support Nikki Haley. Everybody knows that she's a viable alternative to Donald Trump for Republicans. But that's not the case if she's never talked about in some of those markets, especially
1: northern Wisconsin. Exactly. And I think, you know, as, as much as she might get the attention of, uh, you know, some of the more suburban voters, suburban women voters that, that Republican Party are trying desperately to win back uh, over the last couple election cycles, as, as that particular demographic has been going further and further to the left, more and more Democratic support uh, among women. You know, that's maybe a way to do that. But does that come at the expense of losing some of the more rural Trumpier base? uh if she were to to continue to move forward you know maybe some of those you know 30 to 40% of voters in those markets that don't really know her it's possible that they could break negatively for her too
0: so when i'm when i'm watching the debates one of the things that strikes me as somebody who's not a fan of donald trump is is that the the remaining candidates on the republican side seem to be afraid to go after donald trump and it is it's clearly that right they're afraid to alienate those 35% or so of those voters who love Donald Trump, but that's not going to win you the primaries.
1: Right, exactly. And and I went and took a look through, you know, Trump is so far ahead uh, in Wisconsin and nationally. And I took a look through every presidential primary going back to 2008, kind of the modern era of the presidential primary votes. And this is the least competitive presidential primary in a generation. Trump is so far ahead. I went through and took a look at, you know, kind of where things were at, at the, you know, kind of November before the Iowa caucus, um, you know, Hillary Clinton led Bernie Sanders by about 20 points. Herman Cain was slightly oh, ahead yeah, yeah. of Mitt Romney in the 2012 uh, in, the, in the 2008 Republican primary. Rudy Giuliani and Hillary Clinton were, were leading their respective primaries. But those were, you know, kind of in the 15 to 20 percent margin. And the national polls, Trump is up by forty-five percent in the national it's polls. It's mind-boggling how He's, popular it is. it is. He is by far this. This is the least competitive presidential primary in a generation.
0: So one of the questions is is whenever you talk about primaries, and we keep in mind we haven't had a vote yet, <laughs> so, right. so we're still. Early in the process, although people like to think we're not.
1: January 15th in Iowa. Yeah. Not that far.
0: And actually, I, I think one of the other candidates besides Trump could do pretty well in Iowa, whether that's Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. But we shall see what Iowa wants to do as far as that vote. But when you look at the, the possibilities for a general, and you and I were talking during the break, Robert Ken- Robert F. Kennedy Jr., mm-hmm. that's a real campaign. That's a guy who, who seems to have some pretty widespread support Early on in the process before people, they know the name. They don't necessarily know what he stands for. He's
1: he's got a lot of name recognition being a Kennedy. Uh, He's been uh, kind of a firebrand, especially on the vaccine issues, big-time anti-vaxxer. And so he was included in the Marquette University Law School poll. And and normally I don't pay that much mind to third-party candidates in these types of polls, especially a year out. You know, Charles Franklin didn't even include him in kind of a head-to-head poll against Biden or Trump or or whatever it might be, but I thought it was interesting. One that he is fairly recognizable. You know, he's he's not a, he's a guy with a lot of name recognition. Uh, he also has some pretty high favorability numbers within the Republican Party in particular. So he's at forty-eight percent favorable to twenty-one percent unfavorable in the Republican Party. On the Democratic side, he's at only eleven percent favorable to sixty-one percent. Unfavorable. And now I think when you're looking at third party candidates, a lot of times in the past they have pulled from the Democratic side. I think if I think if R.K. Jr. actually ends up getting on the ballot, I think he'll pull more votes from Trump or whoever the Republican candidate might be uh than biden
0: i think that's right and and one of the interesting things will be as as trump starts to move along in this process and again how someone's going to juggle his his legal court schedule and campaign maybe he doesn't maybe he thinks he doesn't have to because that seemed to have worked for him so far but trying to figure that out and when will he start targeting robert kennedy jr robert f kennedy jr in his some of his messaging he hasn't done much of that yet when that happens, then you know it's a real thing, and I agree with you. I think he would impact Trump at this moment more so than he would impact Biden.
1: And look, it's it's obviously a year out. We don't even know if he's going to be on the ballot, but Wisconsin is a state where four of the last six presidential elections have been decided by less than 1%. We are the closest swing state in the nation, the two exceptions, obviously, the two times Barack Obama was on the ballot. Right. He's pretty popular. Um, but. We have such close elections here that if you have a third-party candidate who is going to be on the ballot, that's going to matter.
0: All right, a couple of local stories. We'll finish off with Dan Schaefer from the Recombobulation Area after this on WTMJ
1: Now. Last couple minutes
0: with Dan Schaefer from the Recombobulation Area. How do folks find that?
1: You can find me at the news, the Recombobulation Area therecombobulationarea, Publishing on Substack. You can also find me at Dan R. Schaefer on Twitter, where and I'm occasionally, occasionally tweeting about things other than the Milwaukee Bucks.
0: Yes, you are a, you are a Bucks <laughs> ambassador, even though you're not paid to be. You, you are a strong Bucks <laughs> fan and, and a fan of sports, as we found out earlier in the, in the uh, half hour. All right, so um, a couple of things. Apparently there's an investigation going on, a federal investigation. A, a couple of Milwaukee Alder people um they have not been named uh it has to do with this frank productions developments four thousand seat concert facility in the deer district owned by the milwaukee bucks um i'm not sure about more than that in this investigation including some of the information that i've seen says they may not even be charged at some point so Mm -hmm. what do you know what have you
1: heard and is this a story that's going to have legs Remains to be seen what, what exactly this is about. You know, these, these investigations can be, you know, it, it could be a situation where they're investigating people on the council. They could be talking to people on the council about another investigation. I mean, we we really have no idea uh, where things are at this point. I imagine we'll be hearing more as the week unfolds about, about what exactly this is about.
0: All right, so this one, I always hesitate because I know you've, you've made some comments about this. In Wauwatosa, they're telling their employees to kind of dial down some of the Christmas cheer and Christmas love red and green lights apparently not a big not something that's popular and then there's this and I I never want to go too far down the road of just trying to blow people up for for saying things look snowman snowman has been a term forever right if I could guarantee if you t- took anybody left or right Democrat a Republican liberal conservative and you, you said kid what is that and they, they would say snowman well apparently in a Released to their employees, the deputy city, uh, city administrator—I don't have her name in front of me—referred to snowmen as snow people. Just, I'm going to actually talk about this in a little bit. This, this is the absurdity of language. We are trying. This, my opinion, we're trying too hard on this
1: stuff. That's that's
0: all I'm going to say about it. We're trying too hard.
1: Yeah, but can't but can't we just roll our eyes and move on with this? We can, it, but... But it, it doesn't have to be... It has become, I saw it picked up in national news and yes, conservative media cycles. Dumb. It is dumb, but can't we just roll our eyes and move on? We, we're sick of the division with this kind of stuff. I mean, come on, who cares? What well, shouldn't
0: the deputy city administrator, who, who probably in Wauwatosa is a thriving city, doing some pretty good work, I would imagine, shouldn't they understand that when you do things like this... You're going to call attention to something that doesn't, it's a snowman for Pete's sakes or snow people as this woman refers to it. Why would you want to bring that ridicule, all this instant analysis from everybody across the country, maybe the world now, to your city for no good reason? That that would be my, as a former leader, I would say don't do that. You can think that if you want to and you can call it a snow person or snow people, but don't Bring more scrutiny and scorn on something that is such a insignificant topic. And yeah, I'm talking about it because this stuff drives me nuts as a former leader. That's all I'm saying.
1: I guess, but I mean, it's an internal message. You know, I, I, it seems like it was in response to some other complaints that were happening. Maybe they were trying to handle those. I really don't think this is a big deal, frankly. No, you're good with it. I'm, I am I mean, it's. You're not going to call them snow people. I'm not going to call them snow people. <laughs> but, That's the admission I, I was looking I'm for. I'm not going to call them snow people, but I'm just, I just don't really think this is a big deal at all. If, if somebody all right. sees this, I think we can all just recognize that this is just one of those things that sometimes, you know, cities have to be careful about mixing religion and things. And Messy, tri- maybe yeah, maybe they tried to, you know, just misfire on this one. Let's all just roll our eyes and move on. Not a big deal.
0: All right. Dan Schaefer, always appreciate your uh, willingness to move. And You, you moved from Tuesday to Monday, and then you're off next week. That's we'll, right. We'll pick it up in two weeks.
1: Absolutely. Dan have Schaefer? a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too as well. Uh, the Recombobulation area is where you can find his great work. And how, how can you find it real quickly? The recombobulation area dot news. You can become a free subscriber, get it in your inbox, or become a paid subscriber, support our growing local publication.
0: Yeah, even though we disagree on some on some of the politics, he's one of the most brilliant political writers that we have here in Southeast Wisconsin, maybe Wisconsin. So thanks for taking the time.
1: Appreciate you saying that.